Sports is recorded in Harrisonburg, Virginia, in the heart of the Shenandoah Valley. Starring Dave. Surprising little fun fact, King Griffey Jr. was the first number one overall draft pick to go into the Hall of Fame. Chris. ALCS MVP for the Houston Astros. Gary Sanchez. Brad. You're a professional. Act like you've gotten criticism before because obviously you have. And Joe. Yeah, Chris Davis is awful. And now, 4D Sports. And hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of 4D Sports. We are recording this episode on Monday, July the 30th at 7.01 p.m. That means game twos are starting as we speak in most of the league. Uh, Waynesboro Charlottesville has already been rained out tonight, uh, but the other games will be being played. So we will recap the game ones. Uh, might do a special game two recap tomorrow as the playoffs go. Um, if if we do go that route, it'll probably just be me and a short little recap. We won't do a full-blown episode. But this episode, like I said, we will re- recap the game ones. We will also make our predictions for who we think is going to be in the Valley League Finals when it's all said and done. And we will also be talking about the Valley Baseball League playoffs being on Facebook Live and what that means for the league and what we think about that. So let's start with the playoffs, though, guys. First one, Winchester Royals and the Percival Cannons. These two teams met last year in the first round. Same story. Percival was the number one seed. Winchester was the four seed. Winchester took them down in the first round last year. They are halfway there again this year with a win in game one. It was a 7-4 to four final for the Winchester Royals. Uh, big scoring plays in the first inning. Winchester got on the, or excuse me, in the fourth inning, Winchester got on the board first with a Polinsky two-out single. That was an unearned run. Another unearned run in the ballgame was Pettigrew's single with two outs in the fifth. Uh, so two unearned runs out the gate put Percival in a hole. Percival would get a run back in the fifth, but a big three-run homer in the seventh kind of put it to bed. It put Winchester up 6-1 to one when Raymond Gill went ya-ya in the seventh for three runs. Percival, with two outs in the ninth, would score three, but obviously when you enter the ninth in a six-run hole, kind of difficult to come out with a win. Uh, guys, let's let's talk about what this means. The one seed Percival for the second year in a row now risks being eliminated by the same number four, the Winchester Royals. Uh, Chris is on the phone with us this week. Uh, Chris, let's go to you. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's. I think usually, I mean, it says a lot about the league that the fours can beat the ones. Everybody's so competitive to start with, like we've talked off and on throughout the year. Um, so it's really a matter of who can be in the top four, who can make those playoff rounds um, to give yourself a shot and then it's over your time. Um, so, I mean, it's up in the air. Percival will be in the one. Um, obviously had a great season, so it'll be interesting to see if they can bounce back and pull out two straight. Brad, what do you think? I mean, I don't know. I, I, we know some people at Percival, and look, I, we'd love to know more people on all the teams, but and we don't want to put anybody down, but maybe becoming a bad habit in Percival, being the one seed and then getting knocked out. Seems to be a little bit of bad luck there with that. Um, yeah, this, I mean, this is huge for Winchester to come out in the first game when you gotta, you gotta win two and, um, yeah, winning the first one against the number one seed. Uh, usually I agree with Chris, like, you know, 
any team can beat any team at this point. But also we, you know, we like to think that each side has their powerhouses that are on top and usually they will dominate in the long run. But I mean, it seems like Winchester maybe has caught some wind in their sails. They've gotten hot at the right time and maybe, you know, they can, they can be the ones to upset and roll through the North. As I say, they got real close to beating Strasburg last year. Uh, they went up 1-0 in that series, I believe, before losing right. out and the last two. But, you know, you, both of you touched on this. It's a best of three. So if you win game one, that takes a lot of pressure off of you, especially as an underdog in the rest of the series, because you're like, okay, we got we got one. Now we just have to find another win in the next two games, and we can get through. Adversely for the favorites you're like, okay, don't screw up. Just win these games. So as you said, and both of you touched on, get in the playoffs. It's a best three. It's a lot easier to pull off an upset in a best of three than a best of seven. That being said, Winchester does have to still put it away. Oh, yeah. I mean, you obviously feel better being up one than down one, but you still have to come out there and you you have to finish it. Okay, let's move on to the other North series where the North was this, the half of the bracket that saw upsets. The South was home teams. North was Road Dogs. Uh, the Road Dogs in the second playoff matchup was Newmarket taking down Front Royal 11-5. to Front Royal got on the board first in the first inning with Burden delivering on a sack fly. Then Newmarket had a four-run third inning. A three-run double with two outs by a new put him up 4-1. to one. Front Royal got a couple back in the Fourth, in the bottom of the fourth, uh, it was Packard delivering with two outs, but Newmarket got those runs back immediately in the fifth, making it 6-3. After five, it was a four-run eighth inning. Anu drives in another run later on in the game. He would be our player. Uh, we should go back and mention, I guess, Raymond Gill would be our player of the game in the Winchester-Percival game one with his three-run home run. If we were going to pick a player of the game in the New Market Front Royal game, it would obviously have to be a new. He had three RBIs. He delivered big time for the New Market Rebels. And the New Market Rebels are ahead of Front Royal 11 to 5. Front Royal, a team that looked like the class of the Valley League early on, has dropped kind of like a rock in the second half. So we talk about getting hot at the right time. Front Royal is getting cold at the wrong time. And uh, New Market took advantage here. Go to Chris. Joe. Can you hear me? <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, we've seen New Market a couple times. I know I personally haven't seen Front Royal. I don't know if any of us necessarily have um, throughout the year. I remember going into the All-Star break, like you said, they were cream of the crop there. Um, beginning of the season, I remember a lot of pitchers that they had kind of representative on them as well. So I don't know if we have an issue of pitchers hitting limits, having to work guys in and out to try to make things work. Um, it's another kind of nuance to the Valley League where you start seeing pitchers in those pitching limits, having to work some guys, more innings or bring in new guys to kind of finish out the year. So I don't know if they're kind of plagued by the uh, inning limit bug, but um, New Market's always been really competitive, um, usually plays well, so not a surprise necessarily to see them pull one out. Yeah, Winchester, New Market, North finals before we move on to the South guys, let's, let's get your, let's finish up the North here. We now know that Winchester and Newmarket lead each of their series 
1-0. Chris, I'll go to you first. Do you think Winchester closes it out and pulls off the upset for the second straight year against Percival? Um, I think Percival's going to pull it out. I'm going to ride the train. Um, I'm not going to stay loyal to the Winchester Royals. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pull uh, I think Percival's going to pull out game two. Right. If they can pull out game two, they'll be at home for game three. Um, being the top team in the North, I think they'll be able to hold on, uh, win a big one at home, and move on. Okay, so Chris has Percival. Brad, who do you like? In Winchester, Percival. I'll take the upset again. I'm going to go with Winchester. Um, just because, I don't know, I feel like I feel like the teams are too close together in talent to be able to really go down like this in this kind of series and be able to win two in a row. Okay, that's interesting, and I, you bring up a good point, right? Also, it could be noted that, you know, with teams losing players and stuff and going through some of those late season issues that the Valley League does go through, uh, these nece- these aren't necessarily the same teams that that we saw in the past. Oh, no, you're exactly right. And that's why it's impossible to go from year to year, really. It's not like we say Percival's in a bad habit. I mean... Not too many of these Percival Cannons were on that 2017 Percival team, so a lot of turnover in the Valley League. But I'm going to pick Winchester as well, Brad. Uh, They won three straight coming into the playoffs. They've now won four straight, counting their playoff win, six of their last ten coming in down the stretch. So I think Winchester does it again and gets the win. Chris, now I looked up the standings before I made my prediction, which is a little unfair to you guys, I guess, but... Uh, New Market and Front Royal ended the regular season with the same record. Front Royal held the tiebreaker, so they got the number two seed. But New Market, the hottest team in the league coming into the playoffs, winning seven straight in eight of their last ten. Chris, do the New Market Rebels finish off the Front Royal Cardinals? I think they do. Uh, even before you gave me those good old fun facts to kind of base my argument off of, um, I think New Market... It's going to be kind of the better one out of the two. Like you said, from Royal Tempted Slot since the break. So uh, it's going to pick New Market. Brad. Yeah, I think you're going to have two teams that have gotten hot at the end going at it with Winchester and New Market in the final for the North. I agree with you. I think Winchester, New Market, and the North. Brad and I are on the same page. Chris, firing the cannons to take down the Winchester Royals in their series. So, Chris, you have a Percival New Market. North Finals. Who do you see advancing, and in how many games? Um, I'm going to take Newmarket in three. I'm going to take Newmarket over Winchester in two. Brad, I'm going to say Newmarket in three. Okay. So Chris and Brad have Newmarket in three. We all have Newmarket. We all have the Rebels in the midnight hour delivering to get to the Valley Baseball League Finals. Now let's move to the South. Game ones in the South. All right, we had Charlottesville winners at home. They are the number two seed in the South against Waynesboro. Four to two in their game. Waynesboro took the lead early in the first inning on a Bielimowicz. Hope I'm saying that name right. Two runs single in the first. Probably not. I apologize to his family and him. 
Charlottesville, after falling behind early, would chip away. Finally, in the seventh inning, they would get the lead on a McMullen single. They would get an insurance run on a wild pitch in the eighth and finish it off 4-2 to two to win that game. Meanwhile, uh, well, I mean, let's go back, I guess, and let's we've talked about these other games a little more in depth. So in this game, there's just not a lot of scoring to talk about. Uh, again, for Charlottesville, they had three RBIs, one of the runs scored on a wild pitch. I think that your player of the game has to go to the pitching side. You had seven Ks from your starter in Weatherby. The winning pitcher was Gregory. Uh, he had five Ks. So 12 Ks as a team. I, I would say pitching was the difference in this game and Charlottesville beat Waynesboro because of the pitching that Waynesboro, which wasn't bad, just wasn't as good as Charlottesville's. Moving to the other game in the South really quickly, the Harrisonburg Turks fell to the Covington Lumberjacks, and the story of this game was errors. Four unearned runs in the game for Covington, and in a three-run game, you don't have to be a mathematician to figure out why Harrisonburg lost this one. Home runs also played a factor in this game. Uh, for Harrisonburg, they got a home run from Johnson. It would be Hill delivering for Covington, and Hill would be our player of the game in this. He had three RBIs, including that home run. Another player who deserves recognition is the left fielder, Del Castillo, who had four RBIs and was a perfect three for three in the game. So we're going to give Hill the nod because we dig the long ball here at 40 Sports, and it's well known. So, guys, let's talk south now. Covington, the one seed, a team that has been on top pretty much the whole year in the south. Charlottesville gave them a little run there at the end for the pennant, but they held them off. And then they got the Harrisonburg Turks, who jumped Stanton on the last night of the year. Harrisonburg got a win in the last game of the regular season for the entire league. And with the win, tied Stanton. They had the tiebreaker over the Braves, so they went in. Stanton left out. Now they lead one game to none over Harrisonburg, heading back to Harrisonburg tonight. Chris, Covington or Harrisonburg? Um, I'm going to go with Covington. I mean, putting up... 12 runs, even though I know four runner. And if you can't, and then for Harrisonburg, losing a game where you score nine, uh, not ideal. Um, I think it takes kind of a lot of wind out of the sails there. If you're the Turks. So I'm going to go with Covington. Like you said, they've been hotter on top most of the year. So um, I think they will pull out the series, if not tonight, tomorrow. Brand. When this is uploaded. After this is uploaded. I think I just realized that. Um, all my picks are basically going to be pretty safe as I'm taking the everyone who won in the first game. But um, that's just how it's going to be. So, Yeah. No, it's how it's going to be, right? No need to be wrong. Yeah. Okay. So, Covington. <laughs> Another thing, and I'm going to pick Covington as well. So we're all picking Covington. So congratulations, Harrisonburg, I guess. Um, but the reason I'll pick Covington is, Chris, you mentioned it. It's a game where Harrisonburg scored nine and it wasn't enough because their defense had too many errors in the field that cost him. But also, J.D. Mundy had a bad night, and this is a guy who has been one of the best players in the entire league all season. So you had him on an off night, and you couldn't bring home the win. It just feels like a missed opportunity for Harrisonburg, 
And I agree, Chris. I think Harrisonburg probably wins tonight at JMU, but game three will go to Covington and the Lumberjacks. All right, Charlottesville-Waynesboro, both of these teams ended with identical records. Waynesboro came in winning their last three games of the regular season. Charlottesville lost their last two games of the regular season. But it is the Tom Sox coming out on top in a pitcher's duel. And it is 4-2 again, the final in game one. Just to remind you, Chris, Turks or Generals? Or excuse me, Tom Sox or Generals? I got you. I know what you meant. <laughs> um, I don't know. This is a tough one for me. Uh, like you said, both teams have the same record. Um, a competitive game one. I'm going to just going to flip a coin and take the Tom Sox. Going with the defending champion, Tom Sox. Okay. Brad. Yeah, um, it really wouldn't surprise me if... Uh... You know, Waynesboro pulls it out, but something just says pick Charlottesville, so that's what I'm going to do. Okay. I'm going to pick Charlottesville because of the pitching. I think the pitching is the biggest difference. I think they're going to bring it home because of that. Waynesboro is a really good team, and I will say this. Of the teams behind, now, Brad, like you, I have picked all teams ahead. If there's a team behind that's going to come back and win, I think it's Waynesboro. Yeah. So, Chris Chris says it's Percival, though. Chris says it's Percival, but I think he's wrong. I think Percival has less of a chance than Waynesboro, but we'll see. That's why they play the games, right? Okay, so all of us have Charlottesville-Covington. Now, guys, let's get serious. Is Charlottesville the defending champions going back to the Valley League Finals, or will the Covington Lumberjacks end their repeat reign, or their repeat quest? Covington. How many games, Brad? Covington. Two. Brad's taking Covington in two. Chris. I'll take him in three just to keep it interesting. I'm going to take him in three as well. I think Charlottesville will win a game. But, okay, so we all have Newmarket versus Covington. Who brings home the hardware this year, boys, in the 2018 playoffs? Is it Newmarket or Covington? Chris. So this is tough. Um, I'm Covington's been... Like you, it's kind of aforementioned, um, kind of cellar dwellers are floating around the bottom for a while. I think it's their year. This is the year okay. of the Lumberjack. Okay. I think it's, uh, you know, either either one of these teams, I think, could win. And it's going to be a good story either way, I think. Um, I think, unlike Chris, where he says that this is their year, because they're on top. I think it's maybe a little bit of a falsehood that they're on top right now, and I'm going to go with Newmarket and a little bit of an upset. Uh, excuse me, Brad. Um, I'm going to make you answer a tough question here. Are you saying Covington maybe not for real, even though you no, have them saying, in the Valley League final? <laughs> no, I'm saying they're on top, so they think that they're riding high right now, okay. real confident with their, with their situation, and I think that... Maybe that comes back to bite them? I'm thinking, you know, maybe... Maybe this isn't their year. Brad, I am a little worried that you and I agree on every single pick. I am also going to pick Newmarket. Oh, I, feel, I feel really good about my <laughs> <laughs> But I'm picking Newmarket just because we mentioned it's about getting hot at the right time. No team is hotter than Newmarket right now. Zach Cole has those guys in Newmarket playing really well. 
I think we're going to be hearing a rebel yell at the end of the season, but we'll see. So there's our playoff predictions and recaps of games one. Now let's talk about Facebook Live. If you can't, one, you should be at the games if you can. Games are always better in person than watching on TV or your laptop or smartphone or however you take in baseball. But let's say you're a family member watching a son or a family, another you know, relative or friend, and you can't get to the game because you're in Kansas or not close. Uh, Facebook Live has really taken over the league this year, and you can watch the playoff games on Facebook Live. All of Game 1's were on Facebook Live. I would imagine that will continue through the playoffs. So, um, Brad, let's go to you first. Let's let's talk about what this means for the league. Um, I'm going to be a little bit skeptical, actually, about okay watching these games on Facebook Live because... Um, I don't know, I'm not really a big fan of Facebook Live in general. Um, but, you don't like the notifications. Well, that. But also, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, watching a sporting event on something like Facebook Live, you can't actually see any, like, you're not going to be able to see the ball at all. So you're not going to know what's happening. You're not going to be able to see what calls are necessarily being made because the, it's fixed in one place. It's not moving. It's not following what's happening. You can't. You, you're not going to be able to see everything. You're not going to be able to hear everything because you're going to hear crowd, um, the people that are close to whatever's the microphone. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, unless you got someone there commentating on it, they do. Well, then I guess that's somewhat better. But again, I just, I mean, at that point, maybe if you could find some kind of like online radio or something to listen to it's going to be the same they, thing they do have online radio streams still of the games so i feel like that is just as good if not better because i don't really want to sit there and look at something and be like i can't tell what's going on okay uh chris you'll go and then i'll re- have a rebuttal for brad okay i'm gonna ride middle of the road um for brad's point i'm not a big fan of, like the fixed camera it's not like zoomed in so you can kind of see like the overview um, but kind of limited on camera-wise, like you said, it takes away a little bit of it. Um, but I think it does provide an interesting or um, kind of a nice aspect, like you mentioned. Not everybody's families of the players and everything are nearby or even in a position to come travel and see them play once, let alone frequently throughout the year. So it gives them kind of a nice way to keep up and check in and watch their sign brother, sister, whatever. I guess not sister, but I don't know <laughs> where I was going with that. But to watch their family members um, play more that way and give them another kind of outlet to check in and keep up with things. Yeah. Um, okay, so I guess I'm hearing what you're saying. The fixed camera isn't ideal, but I think it is an upgrade as a person who does radio, and I probably shouldn't say this, but I think it's an upgrade over radio because if you have commentary over the fixed camera, it does provide you some visual that you can look at at the field as opposed to radio where you're just listening. I do think that matters to some people. Um, Again, I can count the number of Facebook Live videos I have watched on one hand. And actually... Um, I've added to that. I watched 
a, a little bit of the Waynesboro Charlottesville game on Facebook Live last night. Um, but other than that, uh, because of the guy, because of the reasons you mentioned, I'm not crazy about it. Um, I don't think it's ideal. But I think it is a good way for the league to reach people who can't make it to the games. I think it any eyeballs you get on the league are good eyeballs. So I would say in terms of the league, I think they should keep doing it. I think they should. Obviously, they're going to be doing this as well, looking for ways to improve it. Um, and some of it is just the situation you're in, right? Like these are nonprofit. This this league is nonprofit and the teams in it are nonprofit. So it's not like they're going to be able to have an entire staff of cameramen everywhere. It's not going to be like, you know, when you're watching a major league baseball game or anything, you're not going to have multiple camera angles with, you know, crazy replays and stuff like that. I don't expect that. But what I do like is when you're watching Facebook live, also a plus as to compare to radio, a lot of the teams who are doing the broadcasts will have a little scoreboard on the screen so you can also know what the score is when you're watching so in case like last night i didn't tune in at the very beginning of the game i got in a little bit in the middle and you know it also when i'm on facebook live if i have something else i need to do or something like cook dinner or something i can go do that come back and i can still watch the game uh so obviously ideally you'd want to get to the parks and watch them i think everyone would be in agreement that is your the best way to take in the game and that's what's best for the league as well. And I highly recommend, we do this every week, we have an episode, but highly recommend if you have the opportunity to go out and watch these games, do. These players are good players. You know, it, the motto for the league is gateway to the majors. It is. There are players in the major leagues from the Valley League. Every year, the Valley League has somebody get drafted that is played in this league. So it, it really is just a question of how many players are going to get drafted. And that number seems to be growing, which is great news for the league. And great news for the fans that take in this, the baseball here. Uh, but uh, I think if you can't make it to the game, Facebook Live is a great option. And I think it means a lot for the league. So we'll see the rest of the playoffs, how they go. Chris, give us yeah. a recommendation, Netflix, Hulu, or regular TV recommendation for a show that you are watching. I'm watching Shameless. Okay. That would be my recommendation. I'm in season five of seven. Wow. So you're on a bit of a binge. Okay. Not suitable for all ages though, right? Correct. Correct. Um, under 13, probably shouldn't be watching it. Okay. 13 to 18, parental judgment. Okay. You're also watching another show that I haven't watched, but you love, or you finished watching yep. it. I'll binge watch that new season in two days. And that show is? Last Chance You. It's about it's like D1 or good college prospects that didn't have the grades or right at D1 school got in trouble um, trying to work their way back um, through Juco. So it's kind of a nice and interesting perspective to see. And enlighten me, Chris, because I don't know anything about this. Um, is it like is it reality TV, or is this like based on stories, or is it just complete fiction? Um, it I would the way I would describe it is it's like um, hard knocks. So they just kind of follow the team. Okay, so it's it's like actually, a it's actually happening. 
docuseries. Yes. Okay. Okay. Brad, show that you were watching on Netflix, Hulu, or just regular television. Mm, yeah, I don't really watch a whole lot of shows. We're watching a docuseries right now. Mm, yeah. I was going to give you that one. I was going to say that we've been watching... Um, what's that one we've been watching? Uh, what's it called? What network? Or what provider? No, I don't even know. Is it on Netflix? No. I don't think so. What? Succession. Oh, Succession. Yeah, that one. Yeah, on HBO. Yeah. You want to tell people what it's about? Um, well, again, I'm still kind of new to it, so I don't really fully grasp it yet, but it seems like uh, this uh, guy who runs his company, um, he, you know, he has uh, some health issues and he's not really doing all the right things in the business. At least his sons think so and his family. And so now it's kind of like his family's going against him. So it's a little, it's got some funny moments. It's got some serious moments. Uh, it's a it's a pretty good all around drama, I think. Yeah, I would agree with you. It's it's definitely a drama ish, but it has so many light comedy moments. It is written by Adam McKay and Will Ferrell. They are writers or executive producers on the show, so I mean that's where your comedy elements come in. But yeah, it's a good show. Um, I will give a couple. Um, a show that I am always watching on Netflix no matter what time of year it is, is The Office. I will watch it and rewatch it a thousand times. If you haven't watched The Office, that's on you. Um, what are you doing with your life? Get on board. I have really enjoyed The Office gifts that have been going around the Valley League this year. I hope that is a trend that continues in the future. We will be very supportive of that on Twitter, as I am the one who does probably 98 or 99.9% of our tweeting, it's a high likelihood that we'll reply with an office gift as well. Um, but another show that we are watching is Staircase, also on Netflix. It's a docu-series, maybe even a mini docu-series. It's only going to be one season. Um, but it involves Michael Peterson and his court case where allegedly and again we're not at the end and i don't remember this uh when this all happened was like early Owl 2000s theory. Owl theory have you seen the owl theory in relation to that not to cut in on your the owl theory? theory yes you say it's related okay we'll we'll get back to your owl theory here in a second chris um this happened in 2002 2003 somewhere in that window the trial um but it involves michael peterson who has allegedly pushed his either pushed or beat to death his wife, and then she fell down the stairs and bled out. Uh, and now it's turned into 18 years before that. In 1985, there was a person in Germany who he was friends with that also mysteriously fell down the stairs and died, although doctors in Germany seemed pretty confident that it was due to a brain hemorrhage and not foul play. Yeah, a... Uh, Stroke. A CVA, if you will. Oh, Okay. I don't know. What does that mean? Stroke. Okay. So we are just past the halfway point. We're six of like nine or ten, something like that. We're getting near the end. Um, I am amazed at the 
access they had during the trial. Because all of this is shot during the trial. Uh, they are talking to prosecution a little bit, especially at the beginning. And then once the trial gets closer and gets, the investigation gets more underway, obviously you lose access to the prosecution for legal reasons. Um, but the defense is very open and you see the family, you're inside the home while the trial is, it's building up to the trial. And then during the trial, the defense team is talking to you. you. They interview witnesses and stuff and all kinds of stuff. It's very interesting stuff. If you're into that crime sort of stuff, highly recommend it. Uh, it's called the staircase on Netflix. And Chris, what are you talking about? Theory of owls? Hootie who? Yeah, there's a theory that has to do with an owl being the cause of the murder. Um, just look it up on Google. Uh, just Google staircase owl theory. You'll get lots of stuff. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. Whoa. You lost me, dude, because they're inside. Okay, so this has to do with the documentary The Staircase. Same story. But there is yep. a Google theory that an owl is the cause of the death. There were no windows. Owl theory. Look it up, dude. There were no windows where it happened. They there were wasn't inside. Open. Was the door open, though? No. No. I'm going to have to look this up. So apparently Google Owl Theory. In staircase. this documentary, there has been no mention of an yeah, owl. Yeah, I will say. we Now, we aren't at the end. I'm pretty sure an owl being <laughs> in the house would be a pretty big part of it, though. <laughs> but there has been no mention of owls. What if that's in the last oh, no, episode? It's not, the Owl Theory isn't mentioned in the docuseries. Have you it seen the docuseries? Have I seen it myself? I've watched a couple. I haven't gotten all the way through yet. Okay. Well, there's our Netflix slash Hulu slash watching recommendations for this week. Again, to recap, Chris has Last Chance You and Shameless. Brad thinks you should watch Succession. I think all three of us are in agreement that you should always watch The Office, and I will throw in Staircase on Netflix. So... Now you have something to watch after the Valley League season comes to an end, of course, which will be soon. Because obviously, if you live in this area, you're probably rooting for the Orioles or the Nationals, and there's no reason to watch the rest of the way there. So, yeah. Yeah, screw Major League Baseball. For Dave, who was able to, unable to join us this week, Brad and Chris, I'm Joe. Thanks for listening to 40 Sports. Be sure to like us on Facebook, 40 Sports Podcast. We're on Twitter at 40 underscore sports. Please like and share this episode. Feel free to comment. What are you watching? What should people be thinking? Have you watched what we've watched? What do you think of our recommendations? Are they dumb? Do you not like The Office? If you don't, um, who hurt you? Why are you wrong? Yeah, who hurt you? And we'll tell you why you're wrong. And don't be a Toby. So, okay. Until next week, when we hopefully, again, uh, stay tuned. We might be doing... I might be doing nightly recaps. Uh, depends on my schedule and availability. But as this playoffs progress, we will definitely have one more episode before the finals start. And then once the finals are over, we will do a recap episode as well. So we are winding down here on 40 Sports for the season. But until next week, for all the guys here, thanks for listening and good night.